Chapter Sixteen of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Sixteen. News from home. A fatigue party employed at Gibraltar. More particulars in the life of Mister Chucks. A brush with the enemy. A court martial and a lasting impression a few days afterwards a cutter joined us from plymouth with orders for the frigate to proceed forthwith to gibraltar where we should learn our destination we were all very glad of this for we had had quite enough of cruising in the bay of biscay and as we understood that we were to be stationed in the mediterranean we hoped to exchange gales of wind and severe weather for fine breezes and bright sky the cutter brought out our letters and newspapers i never felt more happy than i did when i found one put into my hands it is necessary to be far from home and friends to feel the real delight of receiving a letter i went down into the most solitary place in the steerage that i might enjoy it without interruption i cried with pleasure before i opened it but i cried a great deal more with grief after i had read the contents for my eldest brother tom was dead of a typhus fever poor tom when i called to mind what tricks he used to play on me how he used to borrow my money and never pay me how he used to thrash me and make me obey him because he was my elder brother i shed a torrent of tears at his loss and then i reflected how miserable my poor mother must be and i cried still more i was very melancholy for a few days but it was so delightful running down the portuguese and spanish coasts the weather was so warm and the sea so smooth that i am afraid i forgot my brother's death sooner than i ought to have done but my spirits were cheered up and the novelty of the scene prevented me from thinking every one was so gay and happy that i could not well be otherwise in a fortnight we anchored in gibraltar bay and the ship was stripped to refit there was so much duty to be done that i did not like to go on shore indeed mr falcon had refused some of my messmates and i thought it better not to ask although i was very anxious to see a place which was considered so extraordinary one afternoon i was looking over the gangway as the people were at supper and mr falcon came up to me and said well mr simple what are you thinking of i replied touching my hat that i was wondering how they had cut out the solid rocks into the galleries that they must be very curious that is to say that you are very curious to see them well then since you have been very attentive to your duty and have not asked to go on shore i will give you leave to go to-morrow morning and stay till gunfire i was very much pleased at this as the officers had a general invitation to dine with the mess and all who could obtain leave requested to come i was enabled to join the party the first lieutenant had excused himself on the plea of there being so much to attend to on board but most of the gun-room officers and some of the midshipmen obtained leave we walked about the town and fortifications until dinner-time and then we proceeded to the barracks the dinner was very good and we were all very merry but after the dessert had been brought in i slipped away with a young ensign who took me all over the galleries and explained everything to me which was a much better way of employing my time than doing as the others did which the reader will acknowledge i was at the sally port before gunfire the boat was there but no officers made their appearance the gun fired the drawbridge was hauled up and i was afraid that i should be blamed but the boat was not ordered to shove off as it was waiting for commissioned officers about an hour afterwards when it was quite dark the sentry pointed his arms and challenged a person advancing with who comes there 
naval officer junk on the wheelbarrow was the reply in a loud singing voice upon which the sentry recovered his arms singing in return pass naval officer junk on a wheelbarrow and all's well and then appeared a soldier in his fatigue dress wheeling down the third lieutenant in a wheelbarrow so tipsy that he could not stand or speak then the sentry challenged again and the answer was another naval officer drunk on a wheelbarrow upon which the sentry replied as before pass another naval officer drunk on a wheelbarrow and all's well this was my friend o'brien almost as bad as the third lieutenant so they continued for ten minutes challenging and passing until they wheeled down the remainder of the party with the exception of the second lieutenant who walked arm in arm with the officer who brought down the order for lowering the drawbridge they were all safely put into the boat and i am glad to say the first lieutenant was in bed and did not see them the ship remained at gibraltar bay about three weeks during which time we had refitted the rigging fore and aft restowed and cleaned the hold painted the outside she never looked more beautiful than she did when in obedience to our orders we made sail to join the admiral we had very light winds and a day or two afterwards we were off valencia nearly becalmed i was on the gangway looking through a telescope at the houses and gardens round the city when mr chucks the boatswain came up to me mr simple oblige me with that glass a moment i wish to see if the building remains there which i have some reason to remember what were you ever on shore there yes i was mr simple and nearly stranded but i got off again without much damage how do you mean were you wrecked then not my ship mr simple but my peace of mind was for some time but it's many years ago when i was first made boatswain of a corvette during this conversation he was looking through the telescope yes there it is said he i have it in the field look mr simple do you see a small church with a spire of glazed tiles shining like a needle yes i do well then just above it a little to the right there's a long white house with four small windows below the grove of orange trees i see it replied i but what about that house mr chucks why thereby hangs a tale <sighs> he replied giving a sigh which raised and then lowered the frill of his shirt at least six inches why what is the mystery mr chucks i'll tell you mr simple with one who lived in that house i was for the first and for the last time in love indeed i should like very much to hear the story so you shall mr simple one evening i was walking in the plaza when i saw a female ahead who appeared to be the prettiest moulded little vessel that i ever cast my eyes on i followed in her wake and examined her such a clean run i never beheld so neat too in all her rigging everything so nicely stowed under hatches and then she sailed along in such a style at one moment lifting so lightly just like a frigate with her topsails on the caps that can't help going along at another time she turned a corner sharp up in the wind wake as straight as an arrow no leeway i made all sail to sheer alongside of her and when under quarter examined her close never saw such a fine swell in the counter and all so trim no ropes towing overboard well mr simple i said to myself damn it if her figurehead and bows be finished off by the same builder she's perfect so i shot ahead and yawed a little caught a peep at her through her veil and saw two black eyes as bright as beads and as large as damsons i saw quite enough and not wishing to frighten her i dropped astern shortly afterwards she altered her course steering for that white house just as she was abreast of it and i playing about the weather quarter the priest came by in procession taking the host to somebody who was dying my little frigate lowered her topgallant sails out of respect as other nations used to do and ought now be damned to them whenever they passed the flag of old england 
how do you mean inquired i i mean that she spread her white handkerchief which fluttered in her hand as she went along and knelt down upon it on one knee i did the same because i was obliged to heave to to keep my station and i thought that if she saw me it would please her when she got up i was on my legs also but in my hurry i had not chosen a very clean place and i found out when i got up again that my white jean trousers were in a shocking mess the young lady turned round and seeing my misfortune laughed and then went into the white house while i stood there like a fool first looking at the door of the house and then at my trousers however i thought that i might make it the means of being acquainted with her so i went to the door and knocked an old gentleman in a large cloak who was her father came out i pointed to my trousers and requested him in spanish to allow me a little water to clean them the daughter then came from within and told her father how the accident had happened the old gentleman was surprised that an english officer was so good a christian and appeared to be pleased he asked me very politely to come in and sent an old woman for some water i observed that he was smoking a bit of paper and having very fortunately about a couple dozen of real havanas in my pocket for i never smoke anything else mr simple it being my opinion that no gentleman can i took them out and begged his acceptance of them his eyes glistened at the sight of them but he refused to take more than one however i insisted upon his taking the whole bundle telling him that i had plenty more on board reserving one for myself that i might smoke it with him he then requested me to sit down and the old woman brought some sour wine which i declared was very good although it made me quite ill afterwards he inquired of me whether i was a good christian i replied that i was i knew that he meant a catholic for they call us heretics mr simple the daughter then came in without her veil and she was perfection but i did not look at her or pay her any attention after the first salutation i was so afraid of making the old gentleman suspicious he then asked what i was what sort of officer was i captain i replied that i was not was i tenente which means lieutenant i answered that i was not again but with an air of contempt as if i was something better what was i then i did not know the spanish for boatswain and to tell the truth i was ashamed of my condition i knew that there was an officer in spain called corregidor which means a corrector in english or one who punishes now i thought that quite near enough for my purpose and i replied i was the corregidor now mr simple a corregidor in spain is a person of rank and consequence so they imagined that i must be the same and they appeared to be pleased the young lady then inquired if i was of good family whether i was a gentleman or not i replied that i hoped so i remained with them for half an hour more when my cigar was finished i then rose and thanking the old gentleman for his civility begged that i might be allowed to bring him a few more cigars and took my leave the daughter opened the street door and i could not refrain from taking her hand and kissing it where's mr chucks call the boatswain there forward hallooed out the lieutenant here i am replied mr chucks hastening aft and leaving me in his story the captain of the main-top reports the breast backstay much chafed in the serving go up and examine it said the first lieutenant yes sir replied the boatswain who immediately went up the rigging and mr simple attend to the men scraping the spots off the quarter-deck yes sir replied i and thus our conversation was broken up the weather changed that night and we had a succession of rain and baffling winds for six or seven days during which i had no opportunity of hearing the remainder of the boatswain's history we joined the fleet off toulon closed the admiral's ship and the captain went on board to pay his respects when he returned we found out through the first lieutenant that we were to remain with the fleet until the arrival of another frigate expected in about a fortnight and then the admiral had promised that we should have a cruise 
the second day after we had joined we were ordered to form part of the inshore squadron consisting of two line of battleships and four frigates the french fleet used to come out and manoeuvre within range of their batteries or if they proceeded further from the shore they took good care that they had a leading wind to return again into port we had been inshore about a week every day running close in and counting the french fleet in the harbour to see that they were all safe and reporting it to the admiral by signal when one fine morning the whole of the french vessels were perceived to hoist their topsails and in less than an hour they were under way and came out of the harbour we were always prepared for action night and day and indeed often exchanged a shot or two with the batteries when we reconnoitred the inshore squadron could not of course cope with the whole french fleet and our own was about twelve miles in the offing but the captain of the line of battleship who commanded us hove to as if in defiance hoping to entice them further out four of the french frigates made sail towards us and hove to when within four miles three or four line of battleships followed them as if to support them our captain made signal for permission to close the enemy which was granted with our pennants and those of another frigate we immediately made all sail beat to quarters put out the fires and opened the magazines the french line of battleships perceived that only two of our frigates were sent against their four hove to at about the same distance from their frigates as our line of battleships and other frigates were from us in the meantime our main fleet continued to work inshore under a press of sail and the french main fleet also gradually approached the detached ships in about an hour we closed so near that the french frigates made sail and commenced firing we reserved our fire until within a quarter mile when we poured our broadside into the headmost frigate exchanging with her on opposite tacks the seahorse who followed also gave her a broadside in this way we exchanged broadsides with the whole four and we had the best of it they could not load so fast as we could we were both ready again for the frigates as they passed us but they were not ready with their broadside for the seahorse who followed us very closely so that they had two broadsides each and we had only four in the diomede the seahorse not having one our rigging was cut up a great deal and we had six or seven men wounded but none killed the french frigates suffered more and their admiral perceiving that they were cut up a good deal made a signal of recall in the meantime we had both tacked and were ranging up on the weather quarter of the sternmost frigate the line of battleships perceiving this ran down with the wind two points free to support their frigates and our inshore squadron made all sail to support us nearly laying up for where we were but the wind was what is called at sea a soldier's wind that is blowing so that the ships could lie either way so as to run out or into the harbour and the french frigates in obedience to their orders made sail for their fleet inshore the line of battleships coming out to support them but our captain would not give it up although we all continued to near the french line of battleships every minute we ran in with the frigates exchanging broadsides with them as fast as we could one of them lost her foretopmast and dropped astern and we hoped to cut her off but the others shortened sail to support her this continued for about twenty minutes when the french line of battleships were not more than a mile from us and our own commodore had made the signal of our recall for he thought that we should be overpowered and taken but the seahorse who saw the recall up did not repeat it and our captain was determined not to see it and ordered the signalman not to look that way the action continued two of the french frigates were cut to pieces and complete wrecks when the french line of battleships commenced firing it was then high time to be off we each of us poured in another broadside and then wore round for our own squadron which were about four miles off and rather to leeward standing in to our assistance as we wore round our main topmast which had been badly wounded fell over the side and the french perceiving this made all sail with the hope of capturing us but the seahorse remained with us 
and we threw up in the wind and raked them until they were within two cables lengths of us then we stood on for our own ships at last one of the line of battleships which sailed as well as the frigates came abreast of us and poured in a broadside which brought everything about our ears and i thought we must be taken but on the contrary although we lost several men the captain said to the first lieutenant now if they only wait a little longer they are nabbed as sure as fate just at this moment our own line of battleships opened their fire and then the tables were turned the french tacked and stood in as fast as they could followed by the inshore squadron with the exception of our ship which was too much crippled to chase them one of their frigates had taken in tow the other who had lost her topmast and our squadron came up with her very fast the english fleet were also within three miles standing in and the french fleet standing out to the assistance of the other ships which had been engaged i thought and so did everybody that there would be a general action but we were disappointed the frigate which towed the other finding that she could not escape cast her off and left her to her fate which was to haul down her colours to the commodore of the inshore squadron the chase was continued until the whole of the french vessels were close under their batteries and then our fleet returned to its station with the prize which proved to be the narcisse of thirty-six guns captain le peloton our captain obtained a great deal of credit for his gallant behaviour we had three men killed and robinson the midshipman and ten men wounded some of them severely about the time she was expected the frigate joined and we had permission to part company but before i proceed with the history of our cruise i shall mention the circumstances attending a court-martial which took place during the time that we were with the fleet our captain having been recalled from the inshore squadron to sit as one of the members i was the midshipman appointed to the captain's gig and remained on board of the admiral's ship during the whole of the time that the court was sitting two seamen one an englishman and the other a frenchman were tried for desertion from one of our frigates they had left their ship about three months when the frigate captured a french privateer and found them on board as part of her crew for the englishman of course there was no defence he merited the punishment of death to which he was immediately sentenced there may be some excuse for desertion when we consider that the seamen are taken into the service by force but there could be none for fighting against his country but the case of the frenchman was different he was born and bred in france had been one of the crew of the french gunboats at cadiz where he had been made a prisoner by the spaniards and expecting his throat to be cut every day he had contrived to escape on board the frigate line in the harbour and entered into our service i really believe to save his life he was nearly two years in the frigate before he could find an opportunity of deserting from her and returning to france when he joined the french privateer during the time that he was in the frigate he bore an excellent character the greatest point against him was that on his arrival at gibraltar he had been offered and received the bounty when the englishman was asked what he had to say in his defence he replied that he had been pressed out of an american ship that he was american-born and that he had never taken the bounty but this was not true both the men were condemned to death and the day after the morrow was fixed for their execution i was ordered to attend the punishment on the day appointed the sun shone so brightly and the sky was so clear and the wind so gentle and mild that it appeared hardly possible that it was to be a day of such awe and misery to the two poor men or of such melancholy to the fleet in general i pulled up my boat with the others belonging to the ships of the fleet in obedience to the orders of the officer superintending close to the forechains of the ship in about half an hour afterwards the prisoners made their appearance on the scaffold the caps were pulled over their eyes and the gun fired underneath them when the smoke rolled away the englishman was swinging at the yardarm but the frenchman was not he had made a spring when the gun fired 
hoping to break his neck at once and put an end to his misery but he fell on the edge of the scaffold where he lay we thought that his rope had given way and it appeared that he did the same for he made an inquiry but they returned him no answer he was kept on the scaffold during the whole hour that the englishman remained suspended his cap had been removed and he looked occasionally at his fellow-sufferer when the body was lowered down he considered that his time was come and attempted to leap overboard he was restrained and led aft where his reprieve was read to him and his arms were unbound but the effect of the shock was too much for his mind he fell down in a swoon and when he recovered his senses had left him and i heard that he never recovered them but was sent home to be confined as a maniac i thought and the result proved that it was carried too far it is not the custom when a man is reprieved to tell him so until after he is on the scaffold with the intention that his awful situation at the time may make a lasting impression upon him during the remainder of his life but as a foreigner he was not aware of our customs and the hour of intense feeling which he underwent was too much for his reason i must say that this circumstance was always a source of deep regret in the whole fleet and that his being a frenchman instead of an englishman increased the feeling of commiseration End of chapter 16